welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number two of our show, brought to you by GoPSURV.com. If you're still looking for a place to stay this weekend in Happy Valley, let me make a suggestion. GoPSURV.com has these fantastic RVs set up. You show up on Friday, stay till Sunday. They got a bus to shuttle you to the game. No worry about all that hassle parking. Great way to enjoy the game. You want more information? Call Mark at 800-519-8467. Quarter number two of our Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. We're talking Penn State, Maryland. And before we uh, get going with the defense, Dustin, there was still a lot of other conversation about things with this uh, Penn State offense. Let me start with this clock management at the end of the first half. I'm probably not quite as worked up about it as everybody else is, except that it seems like clock management is an issue we've had with James Franklin over the years. So when it becomes questionable, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. So let's talk about it. You get the ball back, minute 15 left in the first half, and you know Maryland's going to get the ball to start the second half. What did you expect to see compared to what you did see? Well, I mean, it, it's a t- it's a, it's a difficult amount of time, uh, a minute and fifteen. But also in college football, as we all know, with the the stoppages on first down, that that can be plenty of time, especially with three timeouts. So, uh, so I did think we were going to see probably a little bit more aggression. Uh, what I saw was James Franklin dipping his toe into the water, trying to play some controlled aggression. Let, let a couple runs to start, uh, and then you get a first down. And I think that's the point in time where you hit the gas and you and you go. You know, you 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 got you got a first down. You improved your field position. You've got obviously some quick strike capability that you've you've seen from Jahan Dotson. You saw a little bit later in this game, uh, more so. But uh, it did make sense to to start off slow there and and try to work a little bit of clock in case you don't experience success. You're not trying to leave Maryland too much time to drive the length of the field because they do have the capability with that passing game of doing it. So I understood sl- starting slow and with some controlled risk there. And uh, But then I, I think he just struggled to kind of shift gears into, okay, let's attack now. We we got we got we got ten or twelve yards on the first couple plays. We got a stoppage for them to reset the chains. Let's go out and let's let's attack and try to get points on the board. Where I think he, he dwelled on the idea of allowing Maryland too much time, and then it just ends up looking. And to your point, it looks a lot sillier whenever you have three seconds left, and then you call your first timeout. You have two timeouts left. You walk into the uh, the tunnel with two timeouts, and it just looks sillier because you're at midfield. Field then with three seconds left, and you know he called timeout not to preserve time, but to to assess whether they wanted to take a shot at the end zone or not. Where it probably shouldn't have reached that point in the first place. And obviously, you know James Franklin, 
98% of his job, he really, really excels at. I think one of the areas and issues, and this this is certainly part of it, uh, game day, clock management, adjustments, all these kind of the things that are so visible on Saturdays are why he draws a lot of criticism. And the Fire Franklin crowd, which has been sort of ridiculous for seven years now, but they eat this stuff up. It, it, it didn't work out. Like I, I just think he was stuck between uh, not allowing Maryland an opportunity and taking an opportunity of his own. And what he ended up with, he was in no man's land, straight up and down. Three seconds, do you throw it in the end zone? Do you not? That was secondary to the fact that he probably shouldn't have been in a position at the 50 with three seconds to go in the half. I, I think you hit it where he was just caught in between. It took him two running plays to get that first first down. If they had popped something on the first play, gotten the first down, I think that would have pushed them over. If they didn't get the first down after two plays, that may have pushed them the other way. Well, let's just run it a third time, get the first down, and let the clock run out. So he kept getting caught in between, and in the end it looks like he wasted time until that point, and he probably, just for appearance sake, would have been better off making the quicker decision, hey, make it look like we're packing it in for halftime and we'll make adjustments. The other part to this discussion, and it's not so much the game, but at his press conference then after the game, he was, of course, asked about it. And I thought the question, I don't think it was a gotcha question at all. It was merely, what was your thinking through that process? And he kind of joked about it, well, I needed to do something to give you guys something to talk about um, for it. I'm not, I don't think it was that clever an answer. It wasn't quite that witty. <laughs> I, I would have much preferred a even the answer like you gave where, hey, we were a little bit stuck in between. If we had popped something, we were going to go for it. If we didn't, we weren't. We kept trying to get to that point. Uh, what w- what was your reaction to his answer to the question? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I had a, a great big problem with it, I suppose, but it, it was it was pretty telling that it was just like I can't really offer you anything that you didn't see on the broadcast. You know, like he was dodging it, of course, but I think his not answering the question really does say like, yeah, I kind of bungled that a little bit uh, without him having to say it and. I didn't really have an issue with, with him joking around about it. I too felt like it fell flat. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't all that funny, but, uh, to me, I mean, that was just saying, yeah, I messed up. Right. Like I, I would have preferred, I guess him to say that, but, um, the way he responded kind of said it all to me. Yes. And, and it, I don't even think he had to say, Oh, I messed up. I screwed up. I made a mistake more. i I was stuck in between. It's a tough situation. You're not sure which way to go. You definitely don't want to make that big mistake, let Maryland get a cheap score before the half, but also you're hoping you can do it. We And we just didn't get what we were hoping for. So the timeout at the end, yeah, I called it to see. Do we think we could do something here? We decided the safer bet was... Just take the knee. We'll come back in the second half, which, by the way, we did. So it probably was a smart decision on my part. You know, he could have still claimed credit for it. On a more positive note, uh, Dustin, um, third down efficiency. They're making, without that ability to run the ball, where you think, 
hey, three, four yards we know on third down we could run the ball, they're still able to convert on three down on third down, and it's often passing the ball to do it. Yeah, and the the times that they did run on early downs, they did experience enough success that they were in more manageable game situations a lot of the night. And it's pretty remarkable considering you know how how flat the running game has been um, all season, but it's but certainly the past two weeks where they've started to seemingly turn the corner on on third down. So they were north of fifty percent again in this one. They they went into I think the Ohio State game around thirty percent. So I, I think this is encouraging, and there's a little bit of um, Houdini uh, on this. Like they're 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 ab- they've been able to create positive game situations without doing it in a, in a traditional way. And I don't really see any reason why they can't continue down that road. Um, but um, I didn't go through and see what all the, the, the down and distance was and what their average third down distance was in this game versus the rest of the year. But I can anticipate in the last two weeks, the last two um, games against Ohio State and Maryland, they've been in more manageable situations a lot of the time. And they've I think they've just been creative in how they've had to do that because they just haven't been able to move the pile very much on first or second down. And you do have the veteran quarterback, and he's back healthy. We had, I think we had those couple games with Iowa and Illinois where it was easy to lose confidence in Sean Clifford or whatever, whoever else was going to be in there. Now it seems like we've got the healthier um, Sean Clifford. Ohio State game, yes, I get it's a loss, but one could argue that might be as good a performance as they've had all year. Now, speaking, though, of Clifford, there were some good things, and obviously his connection with Jahan Dotson was pretty special. And I'm not sure it's fair to split up his game between here's Jahan Dotson and his numbers, here's the rest of the guys. Well, guess what? You know, the Jahan Dotson pass part of the game, passing game, that counts, okay? You can't isolate it. So in the end, Sean Clifford's numbers did look pretty good, passed for well over 300 yards. But I, I felt, especially early on, we weren't necessarily getting that the good Sean Clifford, if, especially in the very beginning of the game. Yeah, a lot of the first half, but certainly the, those first couple drives where he was oh out of oh, oh for his first five, and I think his first completion was for negative seven yards, right? If I'm remembering that correctly, so you you could kind of think that that you might be in for a long day, and and if uh, you know if they weren't able to get the ball in Jahan Dotson's hands the to the extent that they were able to, this game might have turned out a little bit differently. You don't want to split them up, but I'm going to split them up. <laughs> it does drive me crazy when somebody says like, well, if you take that ninety. <laughs> yard run he only averaged two yards per carry well it doesn't work that way like he, he broke that 90 yard run but he was 11 out of 15 targeting Dotson for 242 yards and three touchdowns so you can do them the mathematical uh, the averages there and he was 16 out of 32 for a buck 21 and no touchdowns targeting everyone else that there should be a discrepancy there in most games but pretty glaring pretty jarring in this one uh, I think Sean Clifford was slow out of the gates I also thought Maybe two of the worst weeks that we've seen from Parker Washington and Keandre Lambert-Smith. Your starting tight end did not have a catch. So it was one of those games where uh, you were okay to be locked on to Jahan Dotson. And why wouldn't you keep trying to, to hammer it? To, to him but you didn't have you know the math kind of supports that the numbers do that 
Um, the rest of the supporting cast, they weren't exactly on their A game in this one. And for a while, Clifford was not on his A game either. So you can understand it. But in the end, 263 and three scores or 363 and three scores um, kind of speaks for itself, I suppose. But what a, what a day for Jahan Dotson if we can state the obvious once again. And I'm sure we'll get into, um, I'd love to talk more about his development as a player and where he ranks among Penn State's greats, which we will. But in this game, he was just a, a an impossible matchup for Maryland. And he was a godsend for Penn State because uh, they, they did not have a lot of other personality or uh, go to anything outside of targeting Jahan Dotson. And Parker Washington, who if you're a regular listener to the show, you know... I'm part. Of, I'm the president of his fan club. It wasn't a great game for him. Uh, dropped ball or a couple potential catches. I'm not sure. Quite sure they're drops. And I don't think he was getting himself open. But it also just adds to this whole question about the Maryland defense, which is, come on, guys, this is Jahan freaking Dotson. You got to have a couple people watching them, and they didn't. That is it for quarter number two. Quarter number three, we are going to get to the defense, Dustin. So let's get ready for that. Fans are back, and so is tailgating. That means GoPSURV.com is also back. Regular listeners of Keystone Sports know all about it. Drive your car to Happy Valley, and an RV is there waiting for you. Tailgate nonstop from Friday to Sunday. Don't hassle with parking as a free shuttle will take you to and from the game. For more info, go to gopsurv.com or call Mark at 1-800-519-8467. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light want to remind you that fall is the best season. Why? Because of football. Leaves. Fantasy football, flannel, beards, tailgating. Oh, yeah, and more football. Welcome to the best season ever. Grab some Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Because it's time to get undomesticated. Beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Always enjoy responsibly. (laughs) 